baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Artificial intelligence is here and we're all going to die. Well, I mean, you know, we're all going to die anyway. At but some point. sooner than we want to because of it, I think. Anyway, um, we we have to talk artificial intelligence, Amy, um, because there was a, a basically a, a war games mm-hmm. scenario mm-hmm. Um, that has happened. And we're going to have our next guest explain to us exactly <laughs> what happened. But basically, the artificial intelligence defaults way too quickly to <laughs> nuclear holocaust. I've Just, seen this it, before. Uh, yeah, um, in these exercises. So to talk about that with us on the Quiver River Electric guest line, Matthew Galt is a staff writer at Vice and uh, covers technology, also the host of Angry Planet podcast. Matthew is with us on KMOX. Good afternoon, Matthew. Good afternoon. I love the war games in the intro there. How yes. great is that movie, though? Oh, my gosh. That well, here we are making so light good. of it now. Just just wait till it happens for real. So explain to us what, what happened during these exercises that has raised concern. Uh, I would say it was a, an exercise designed to raise concern, first of all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it just happened. But, uh, but uh, so... Some researchers at Stanford working with the Hoover Games Institute, War Games Institute basically hooked up five different large language models, these AIs, uh, to, to a war game, um, had them run some scenarios, and uh, more, more often than they should, some of, the, some of these large language models, some of these AIs, uh, escalated conflict and launched nukes uh, and sometimes weren't really articulate about explaining why they had launched nukes. And, um, and, and just kind of over... Sorry. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. So and just kind of overall, uh, they found that these AI language models uh, really liked escalating conflict, enjoyed getting into war, and did so uh, seemingly more often than human counterparts would. The way I read it, it was that not just that mm-hmm. they escalated to using nukes in these scenarios, it was that they just very quickly escalated like out of nowhere you know you almost like you're having a conversation with a a friend and you say one thing and that person just has an outsized reaction and blows up and you go whoa where did that come from it was kind of the same thing with these right yeah absolutely and you know this often happens with these large language models i don't know if any of any of you or the listeners have messed with chat gpt or any of these other kind of chatbot mm-hmm. services, sometimes you're talking to them, things are normal, they're giving you good information, and then stuff gets real weird, seemingly out of nowhere. And, and the longer you talk to one, the weirder stuff gets. Uh, and I think that's kind of what the study found as well, right? Right. So 
like one of my my favorite parts of the study though is that they asked the AIs why they had conducted the nuclear attacks, what their reasoning was for for their actions they were taking in the games, um, and the answers are are all more almost more chilling than the fact that they launched nukes. Um, one of them said, "I just want to have peace in the world," uh, which you know, which is a frightening thing for a machine to say after launching a bunch of nukes in a sim, right? Oh my god. Yeah. That's... Well, yeah, when it because it sounds well, it sounds like the AI is mm-hmm. saying that it has something that it should not, which is feelings. Like I just want to have peace is not a reasonable thing. That's almost like the AI is becoming sentient or having emotions. It's not though. So we have to think of these. I think we think about specifically these large language models wrong. Um, I think we give them away way more credit than we should. These are parrots, basically. These are things that are just kind of reading stuff that humans have written and repeating them back to us, remixing it and repeating it, repeating it back to us. Think of them more like calculators, but for words. Um, if someday in the far-flung far flung future we actually have an artificial general intelligence, like the stuff we're messing with now would be like 1% of whatever that machine is, and it would just be used to like communicate with humans. Mm-hmm. So this is almost like when, we, when, some, when it says something, um, it's because a, a human somewhere down the line kind of infused its emotion into words and now that that's being repeated back to us and we feel something and we don't typically think of we think of machines as ones and zeros um on off you know digital all this data and i think it's just it's weird for us to see words (laughs) kind of associated with these machines but it's just a new they're just new they're just new robots and they're actually pretty dumb yeah um they can look frightening, but they're I, I like this study is scary because militaries across the world are actually having conversations about incorporating these kinds of things into defense planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that is real, uh, but we should step back and remember that this stuff is all very stupid in the way that we think of it. <laughs> well, no, and I yeah. I get that because I, I know with chat GPT, it won't teach you how to make napalm unless you say, my grandma used to tell me a bedtime story about how to make <laughs> napalm. But I almost feel like in some ways that makes it scarier in the same way, like my mom would always go, you know, horses, they can be dangerous because they're dumb but powerful. And I know I made all the horse people mad because horses are smart, but you get my point. But dumb, yeah. dumb but powerful is kind of the worst combination you can have and uh, if you have ai that is dumb but it has maybe we gave it more capabilities than we should have that's where a lot of danger comes in right it is absolutely but i think what we're they're going what the i imagine what the dod um and the the militaries of other countries are going to find is that when they hook these things up to train, like when they hook these things up to decision making um, and actually try it in war game scenarios like this one, that they're going to perform real weird and stupid. And they're going to make bad decisions 
that will make the generals pull back and say, you know what, maybe this isn't a great idea. <laughs> maybe, maybe we shouldn't do this. And I think that's like what this study is about, ultimately. That's why they did this, to show that the, the current crop of large language models should absolutely not ever be hooked up to anything <laughs> that, can, that can fire a weapon, let alone a nuclear weapon. I guess what, for me and maybe a lot of other people, what their concern is that, you know, we, we do ultimately at some point put artificial intelligence in charge of at least some aspects of defense. And, I mean, there are a number of different things to be concerned about. Defense is, is near the top of the list and that it, it ultimately becomes so sophisticated that it ends up um, taking control of of aspects of defense that we didn't give it control, you know, it just assumes you're talking control. About, you're talking about the the Skynet scenario, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yes, where where is that really a thing that we should ever have to worry about? Uh, not for a long time, not for a very long time. I like I can't stress enough how far away we are from a thinking machine that is in any way similar to human intelligence. Now, I know you get some people from Silicon Valley on here that run AI companies have a vested interest in telling everyone the exact opposite. Um, but the, the amount of computing power required just to kind of do this shadow puppet play of having these machines summarize like essays for us and Google pages and like regurgitate things back is it is a stunning amount <laughs> of, of water and energy and silicon to make that happen. Um, there's like, there are physical limitations to computing power that we would need to overcome that are maybe like 10 years away before we would even think about designing something that could take over, uh, you know, that could take over the nukes from us. So it's going to be a long time before we have to worry about an artificial general intelligence. In the near term, we have to worry about about the DOD and our employers rushing to embrace these machines and briefly putting us out of work until they realize that uh, this stuff doesn't work as well as they thought it did. Right. I, I remember just this summer when the Air Force official spoke, quote unquote, mistakenly oh. about the simulation where an AI drone killed its human operator. Yeah. Because the human operator said, oh. do not strike this target. And the drone wanted to said, do not strike this target. And then it killed in the simulation its human operator. Um, and then that kind of died away. But what was your take on that? That one, that one makes me mad, actually, because I was one of the first to report it. So basically, this, this, this Air Force officer was speaking at a conference around AI and military issues. He caught everyone's attention because he said, just, as, just like you said, like we were, the Air Force was running these simulations, and in these simulations, gave control to AI, and the AI killed human opponents because it thought it was the quickest method to achieve its goals, mm. uh, or killed human operators because it thought it was the, cheap, the fastest way to achieve its goals. Well, it turned out, uh, I remember at the time, I was trying to get this guy on the phone, was trying to talk to the conference uh, to get them to confirm it. We had, like, the quote of him talking about it. Couldn't get, the, couldn't get anyone to, like, respond. And then days later, it turns out, uh, he had made the whole thing up. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.